0: Morning everybody. Thanks for being here. Appreciate y'all joining us uh, this morning. I know many of you came to, came, figured you should come to church this morning on Thursday to give a word of thanks for the New England Patriots Super Bowl victory this week. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I don't see you wearing any blue and green over there, sir. Mike 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 wish begrudgingly wished me a congratulations this morning, but uh we do have some pats fans in here that I thought would enjoy that, but uh I will tell you one of the thing <laughs> we got Jimmy and Kevin and i mean that's that's enough so uh um, anyways, but uh um I wanted to uh just open it up one thing I do want to mention I was telling Mike, um, if you haven't seen it. I would encourage you to go on to YouTube. And I was actually thinking about bringing it up today, but uh go on to YouTube. It's a little bit it's uh and check it out. It's a video called The Making of a Champion. Uh-huh. The Making of a Champion. And it was a video that the Seattle Seahawks actually did. Some of the members of the Seattle Seahawks did uh probably 18 months or so ago. And really it's where they they uh they've used their platform as Super Bowl champions um, to glorify God, talk about their faith. It's an awesome video. My son, um, the Seahawks are actually our second, second favorite team. Um, and a lot of it has to do with that, that video. Uh, I've, I've showed it to my son's, uh, small group a couple times and they just, they just think it's phenomenal. So if you've got a football fan trying to reach somebody, the making of a champion, send it out. I, I encourage you to, to view it. So, speaking of a champion, we got a champion speaking to us today, Bob Cashy. Um, excited to have Bob here with us. Bob's uh, A lot of you know, know Bob. He's been very active in the church for over 25 years. Um, you see him serving as an usher. He's worked with a Emmaus House. Uh, he's been a greeter. Worked with job networking as a table leader. Um, he's taught classes, particularly around uh, Crown Financial Ministries. And um he's just he's just a very active, involved member of our church, and we're we're blessed to have him. Um uh, Bob's gonna be speaking with you today. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to share. You know, uh part of the mission of the REMC men's group, as it's stated on our flyer, is to uh encourage men to grow as passionate disciples of Jesus Christ, to bring the men of the church together as one to multiply the the impact the church is having on the world to further God's kingdom. And you know, this has been a great, I mean, I, this, is, this has been such a blessing, this group. And there there are things that have been coming out of this, and some we all know about, and uh, uh, some we don't. But uh, God has used this group to to plant many seeds, and uh, and um, fr- fruit is being harvested. And, you know, one of the things I've been praying about, had been praying about for a while, and I've mentioned it a few times, is I was really looking for... Kind of two two next steps out of this is one um, an educational next step, if you will, and and we've been talking about intentional leadership. We're off to a great start. Uh, several men in that class, a couple of them here today, uh, and and that's been a real blessing. And then you know been talking about what 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 could we as a group of men do from a service uh, do together from uh, to serve others and to love others, all for God's glory. And, uh, there's a lot of people that I've talked to. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of, uh, this isn't the only thing, uh, out there right now, but, uh, Bob has been, um, Bob has been, is, is, has been very passionate about this. And, uh, we've met a few times and, and he's, he's, he's stayed with it and, and come to our REMC men's group vision team meetings. And, uh, I'm just really looking forward to hearing what he has to share today. And I'm, uh, very grateful for his leadership. So Bob, thank you.
1: Have to turn the microphone down a little bit. Good morning, men of RUMC. It's good to see you guys. Uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit about, wait a minute, what's going on here? Okay, I can see it in your faces. Yes, I am standing up, okay? I knew. Okay, it always happens. Not a problem. Um, start off with a joke to warm you guys up a little bit. Uh, guy goes driving around the church trying to find a parking spot. He's a little late. And he drives around and he drives around and it's totally filled. By the way, it wasn't UMC. he was driving, unfortunately. Um, and finally he looks up and he said, God, if you can just find me a parking spot. Just give me a parking spot. I will come to church every single Sunday, and I'll sit on the front row. And just then, the first parking spot up against the church pulls out. He's, okay, God, forget it. I found one. (laughs) Do we know a lot of Christians like that? I think we do. Hopefully, it's not the man in the mirror. Not you guys, right? It's another guy. Uh... I'm here to talk to you about the men's group. What are we today? This is probably the best gathering of for socialization and for fellowship of the Roswell Men's group without being in church. We get to know each other on a one to one basis. We get to uh get to know everybody better, which is really uh, the foundation of fellowship and uh I can't see that. And we know that uh that there are so many different people here that actually serve and serve in another capacity. Uh I serve in, in uh job networking. How many people are in job networking? Look at the amount of hands. Look at the amount of hands. Jay is uh in charge of job networking, and, and Rusty's in charge of uh, Neil Reynolds. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> He did pick first. Yes, he did. So everybody really, I guess my point is everybody really serves in a different way and in their own way and in things that interest them and things that they can do because we all tend to gravitate Towards the things that we do better. And usually, that is the gifts that Christ gives us. Okay? I'm coming to you this morning with a proposal to step out in ministry in the name of Jesus Christ. But we're going to make it real, real easy. Okay? Why should we take on a charity? Because there's so many of them out there that are hurting. And I want to do it in the North Fulton area, because we want to really minimize the amount of time that we travel. Okay? The needs of the charities, just they need to be met. They have needs that they're not getting service, whether it's low funding. I'm not saying we're going to fund them. We're going to present our bodies as a, as a sacrifice to Christ.
0: <laughs>
1: the service is going to be on a volunteer basis. We're not going to... We're not going to say, okay, we're all going to go serve. No, no, we're going to ask you, and if you want to serve, you can serve. If you don't want to serve, you don't want to serve. We understand that. But I'll tell you that service is so contagious. Um, my buddy Craig Simons is not here, but as you all know, that he has uh, gotten very contagious about Honduras. And they found out that if you feed the children, they'll actually come to school. If you don't feed them, they won't come to school because their parents will make them stay home and go out and scavenger for food. And now he's on a kick of uh, clean water for Honduras. That's his thing. His wife's thing is job networking. And she picked up the phone one day and she gave me a call and she said, Bob, you would make a good table host. And I said, Catherine, I love you, but I'm busy with uh, Crown Ministries. I'm busy with uh, the Emmaus community here at RUMC. And she said, just do me a favor, try it one time, and then don't do it again, but just be there one time. And I'll tell you, it's contagious. And and now I go there uh, wanting to feed the ten people around me because they are so spiritually hungry. And I wind up, Lee J knows he's shaking his head, I wind up coming out of there totally fed. I get as much out of it, maybe more, than the nine people that sit at my table. So I'm going to urge you to try this and, and see if it works for you. Okay, As a ministry-centric group, if that's what we decide to do, we're going to attract more men from the church to want to join. And that'll help grow the membership and and grow whatever ministry we get into. And I just want you to know that I have not picked a ministry. It's not my job. It's not my job at all. But it's going to be somebody in here's job. First of all, we have to figure out what our needs are. There's a large group of men that already uh, serve. Mark serves full-time, plus some. Um, we have a, a, a tremendous diversity of men's ages. We go from the mid-20s to the mid-90s. Okay, so we got to find a ministry... That wasn't meant for you. We got We have to find a ministry that everybody can get involved in, that wants to get involved. Don't get me wrong, okay? There's a lot of people that work in, during the daytime. Maybe they can't serve during the daytime, and I understand that. There's a lot of retired people, too, so they can bring golf balls with them if they want to when they come. But the idea is that it, we need to be very, very flexible. So what I what I propose to do is form a task force. And I need about five guys. And what I want to do is go out and interview all the major uh, charities in North Fulton. Because we need to stay in North Fulton. We don't want to travel to Macon or, uh, God help us, downtown Atlanta. But if we can stay up here in North Fulton and interview those that need manpower... I talked to Roswell uh, Roswell High School. They need mentors once every two weeks for one hour to help students that have left school, left their home, and have now come back to school to get their, to get their, uh, uh, diploma. Now how awesome is that? They're, they're out of school and now they're back in school because they realize they gotta have it. And they need somebody like us, like you guys, to sit down with them once every two weeks and make sure they're following their goals. That's a ministry. And we can do that. Uh, okay. Uh we are gonna have uh four groups. And we're gonna rotate the groups. Group one does whatever we're gonna do, whatever the charity is, on the first week. Group two does the second week, group you got it, group three does the third week, and group four does the fourth. Each one will have a coordinator. The coordinator is in charge of making sure that all his people can go that day. And if you guys are like the rest of us, you're going to, some of you travel, some of you get sick, some of you have emergencies at home. So you may not have the required number of people that it takes to accomplish what we need that day for that ministry. And so that coordinator will call one of us in here who we deem to be the coordinator and we will get him some people that are sitting on the fence that don't want to do it full time but they say yeah you can call on me when you get when you're short of men so we're going to make sure that we have enough to cover the the spectrum don't argue how would the uh how would the charity use us it's a big question what do you want us to do guys um reconstruction uh not Star House, but the other one. What's, uh, Great. no, the, the one where they, we house them for six months. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, <laughs> right. They need people to, uh, refurbish apartments, rip out the carpeting, put in new carpeting paint, make it new for the next, uh, people that come in there. Not everybody wants to rip up carpet and, and, and do that and paint, but that is a possibility. So we're going to interview them. How often do they use us? Hopefully the answer is once a week. How long will they use us? Hopefully the answer is one to two hours and that's it. Because I all know that you guys have your own thing. But I would like to see the men's group step out in service in the name of Jesus Christ, who has done so much for us, and we just got to give back. We have to. It's If you love him, you will give him back. You will give back stuff to him. Now, we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna rotate week one, week two, week three, week four. What happens if we, if we do a mentorship? Mentorships are about relationships. That's why they both have ships on them. But the thing is, that person that was there one week needs to be there in two weeks. Cause it's a one-on-one thing. So that's kind of a gray area. We might work that out. Somebody might say, you know, that's just my calling. Because you're not just helping them get through school and making sure that they're doing their homework and they're staying on task and they're doing all these things. It's also a little bit of, where do you go to church? Do you know Jesus? He knows you. He knows you a lot. And he loves you a lot. So that's another issue that we have to face. I'm going to tell you a story um totally meaningless but I'll tell you anyway at the age of 21 I had a, a panic attack and I mean a whopper of a panic attack I could I could barely walk and from that day on for years I had anxiety disorder panic attacks and depression now let me tell you what they're caused by so you don't think that I'm well of course you guys know I'm a little off center but uh, panic attacks are when the neurotransmitters in your brain misfire. Neurotransmitters are made to keep you safe. That's the mechanism that goes off if your car drives off a cliff. You become, you get into a panic mode. If you open your sock drawer in the morning and there's a stake in there, your neurotransmitters are going to go off. It's a fight-or-flight mechanism. Get the heck out of there. But with people that have a chemical unbalance in their brain, those neurotransmitters go off any time. I was walking down the street when mine went off. And then it happened every day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes three times a day. I fell into a black hole that I could not get out of. I talked to doctors, psychiatrists. talked to one psychiatrist that said, run around the block. Every time it happens, just run around the block. I said, sir, I live in Miami. It's 98 degrees outside, and I'm wearing a suit. If I come back, I'm going to be sweaty. The guy's going to say, you missed your appointment. Get out of here. So I got up and left the psychiatrist's office. I didn't pay for his chair that day. Uh, man, I was in such a dark place. It, was, it felt like a tunnel of blackness that I could not crawl out of. And every time I tried to call, crawl out of it, I fell deeper and deeper and deeper into that hole. This is a little hard for me to do. So, in order to function, I lived on tranquilizers in the daytime. And at nighttime, Johnny Walker tucked me in. And sometimes his buddy, Evan Williams, would help. But that's how I lived. And I lived that way for 20 years. I did not grow during those 20 years. I did not further my uh Job, aspirations for 20 years, I just existed till the next day. The doctors had nothing but a band-aid for me, and that was the tranquilizers. The sad part is that the last year, I was homebound. You see, when you go to the mall and you have a panic attack, you don't want to go back to the mall again. Because just seeing the mall creates a panic attack. It's like, I had one before, it must be because I'm in this place. Or you go to a restaurant and you have a panic attack. You cut that restaurant. I wound up cutting out everything in my life except my home. So I was homebound. My wife never knew it. Shame on me. She would leave early in the morning for her job. And I would get dressed to look like I'm going to my job. And then I'd call her around 4.30 and say, Hey, I got off early. When are you coming home, honey? She never knew until I told her. And that was a very bad day. I remember... I remember the end of the 40th year like it was yesterday. It was one of those January blustery days with the wind blowing 50 miles an hour and the snow and no leaves on the tree. And the sky was a dark. It was a perfectly bleak day. Disgusting. Boring. Depressing. I was so depressed I couldn't stand it. And that's what I finally said. Lord, I, I can't take this anymore. And we had these windows in our old contemporary house that we used to live in up in Marietta. And they had windows that went from ceiling to floor, and I remember going up to the to the to the window and just staring out with my hands up on the glass, and I cried like a baby. God, 20 years. I can't take this anymore. Never thought of taking my life, never. But I slid down that glass with my hands still up in the air. And I cried, and then I finally, my cries turned into prayer. And I prayed for about an hour, at least it seemed like it was an hour. And my prayer was, Jesus Christ, please come back into my life because I need you. I was brought up in a, in a Christian family, but we were Chinos, Christians in name only. I got my Christianity as a heredity from my parents. We all know that. I hadn't given my life to Christ. But I did that day. And I asked him back in my life. And after about a a half an hour of begging and pleading, I got this feeling that came over me that said, maybe kind of like what the angel said to David, who was in the cave, get out of your refuge, get out of your cave, and go to Judea. But what I heard was, Get out of your self-imposed prison that you've stuck yourself in. Unlock the door, get in your car, and go for a drive. And I did, and I drove for about two hours. It was the biggest blessing I've ever had. God did not completely heal me. He healed me commensurate with my ability to give of myself to him. Does that make sense? If I was going to give him half of me, he gave me half healing. And I had some things that I wanted to keep for myself. I didn't want to give it up, okay? But eventually I did. Each month I gave something else up. Until finally, I got to the point where I was fully functional. Now why did I tell you this story? Because it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But what it does have to do with is that as I came out of that of that disorder, 20 years of a wasted life, He gave me a double dosage of passion with whipped cream and a cherry on the top. And I became so passionate for Jesus Christ, and then I found myself getting passionate for other things, for job networking. I have found that I can't do anything unless I'm passionate about it. And I think Rusty probably is the same way. So, that's really the crux of this talk. It's passion. And I want you to know that I have passion for this ministry, for this group, today. Okay? I already talked about this. Why am I passionate? I am. Why did I tell you this? It's because I'm looking for a passion transference. A transference of passion from me being excited about this project for you to get a little excited yourself. I hearken back to Catherine. She's passionate about job networking, but she infused passion in me, and I tried it one time, and then I became passion, because passion is contagious. You can give it to somebody else, unless they're they're on life support. So, there are cards on your table. I'm going to ask you all to fill them out, please. Uh... Even if you say no, even if you say no, I can't do it, Bob. I'm, I, I just don't have time. That's fine. Just fill it out and send it in because I think we're going to use this as a basis for our directory. Not sure. Haven't asked him, but I think it's a damn good reason to get you to take it in. So let's, let's do that. Fill it in. Take that step. There's also a, uh, a slot in there that says, I want to volunteer and be on the task force. Man, I'd love to have some I need four to five guys to step up and say, I'll be on the task force with you. We'll go out on a couple of days and we'll interview some uh some charities and then we'll sit down and with our with our check sheets and see which one fits our bill. Which one says that we can use this one more so than another. I don't think there's going to be any weekend stuff. Because we all worship our weekends. But I want you guys to know that when you say, yes, I will do this, you're not doing it for the men's group. You're not doing it for RUMC. You're doing it for Jesus Christ, who said, if you love me, you will step out in my name. I think that was in Hippopotamus. I'm not sure. All right, let's Q&A. we got time. Questions? Don't be shy. Any questions? You want to mentor, uh, let's say, high school students. Uh, and uh, let's say you're retiring. Like, I'm going to be in two weeks, and you're traveling, and you're going to be in and out. You've got to, you know, probably make this up. I don't What kind of problem would that be? Could Could I communicate by telephone if I were out of town or something like that? You could. Let me just tell you what these guys do. Because these guys have quit school... And have come back. They li- they don't live at home. They probably, you, most of them have no communication with their parents. So they are alone. They need a man, a male figure. Okay? Um, because it's only once every two weeks for one hour, I'd say maybe change, move your schedule around that if you can. If you can't, someone will fill in for you. Then we'll, the, the guy will have two people. But I want you to be the focus of of that relationship with that person does that make sense okay anything else you guys have been a wonderful group thank you let's uh prepare our hearts to pray us out father jesus christ oh our lord thank you so much for these men who have uh come together in uh search of friendship and and uh fellowship, and Lord, I ask that you wrap your arms around each one of them and touch their hearts so that they will say yes, or yes, I'll try it, and the task force is really going to help, and I ask you to really bless the task force because that's going to be the core of bringing the right ministry to these group of men, to this group of men. Be with us and bless us, Lord, as we go from this place. Help us to make the right decisions that further the kingdom, Lord. Because we're not here to do this for us. We're not here to do this for the clergy. We're not here to do this for Tim. We're here to do it for Jesus Christ, who loved us first. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Bob, thank
0: you. Let's give it up for Bob. so um Bob, thank you so much that was that was fantastic. I really appreciate your passion I also you know appreciate your openness, your candor, and you know I think we're all looking for authentic relationships here you know we're looking for uh deep relationships and uh and I appreciate your leadership in that regard thank you. um I also appreciate your prayer and uh the Lord answers prayers, and I'm hopeful they'll answer some prayers today and you know, obviously this is, uh, we talk about being on the journey together, and Bob's just talking about carving out a path that we can, we can walk, walk down together. So, I pray that, uh, your, your hearts will be open to it, and, uh, certainly there's more details to come, right? Uh, we're just getting started on the journey, but, uh, uh, that was a, that was a great way to kick it off today. So, we have a little bit of time, uh, a few things I just want to mention real quick, is, uh, one, um, we've got the uh, schedule for the uh, really through through September at this point. Some fantastic speakers. Uh, I will hope that uh, you would make 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 a point of putting these dates on your calendar and planning on joining us. Um, in addition, we have some uh, some flyers. We have some flyers on your. Uh, um, Regarding opportunities with community service. Um, we've been uh we've you know this group has continually uh, answered the call with regard to some of these opportunities and I appreciate it. I do want you to note that uh, Mike Phelps is is no longer with us, so Chris Ware's contact information uh is at the bottom. So if there's something that you're interested in, you know, please connect with uh with Chris. There's a lot of opportunities to serve. Um, we do have a few minutes, so what I'm going to ask each of us to do, or each of the tables to do is, um, one, please make make some time to fill out the card with your decision, even as Bob said, even if it's, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in this time, which I understand, right? Okay. Uh, that's okay. Um, but uh, prayerfully consider your response, and then please fill out the card accordingly. And then if you would, spend a couple of moments at the table talking about what you're passionate about. What you're passionate about in your faith journey, and if you have an idea for some of uh, a cha- a charity or ministry that we should consider, please include it in the comments section of your uh, yes. of uh of, of your of uh, your response. So, uh, if we could just take a few minutes uh, to do that, and then uh, I'll dismiss us in uh, probably five to ten minutes. Thanks. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Just um. Can I ask for a volunteer at each table to uh, collect the forms that were completed and to hand them to Bob? Can I get Can I get someone at each table to raise their hand? <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. Good deal. Um, okay. With that, uh, I just want to again remind you of our next date. We have Mark Hills leading us on March 12th. Looking forward to hearing from you, Mark. And you guys are all going to help. Yeah. And you. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm really grateful for uh, really gr- grateful for Bob's leadership here and his passion. I'd like to give it off for Bob just one more time. All right. We'll close this in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together. Well, thank you so much for the passion that Bob has for you. And thank you for his uh, his desire to, to encourage others to be passionate. And Lord, we uh, we pray that you will will bless this task force and the work that they do. Lord, please please guide us. Please guide this group to where you want us to serve and to love others, all for your glory. Lord, I pray that you will bless this group with wisdom. And I pray that. Uh, that through this work, fruit will be born. Lord, please continue to bless the REMC men's group. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.